Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Good matchups in Week 17 in the NFL. We're going to get to one of those right now here on Greeny, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Gabe Nuts, along with Mike Wells, filling in here today on Greeny. And one of those intriguing matchups, Ravens-Dolphins. Sal Palantonio, ESPN NFL reporter and co-host of the NFL Matchup Show, is going to be on the call with Steve Levy of that game in Baltimore Sunday, right here on ESPN Radio, with our coverage beginning at noon Eastern. Sal, with, with Lamar Jackson and the way everything has played out this season, he is now the front runner, according to ESPN Bats, for the NFL MVP award. Should Jackson be the MVP if the Ravens win on Sunday? Resounding yes. Thank you for having me on. Uh, happy holidays to you, of course, and to my brother Wells. How are you doing, brother Wells? I'm South good, Al. brother Sal, man. Hope you and the family are doing well, man. Yes, sir. We're doing good. We're doing good. Yes, uh, resounding yes. Absolutely. I mean, and Lamar Jackson is 9-0 and at home in the month of December in his career, which according to ESPN stats and information is the most home wins without a loss in the final month of the calendar year since, wait for it, 1950. And I don't even – I'm an old man. I don't even remember 1950. <laughs> <laughs> nah, uh, I, I'm with you on that, Sal. I, th- I think about it. I think, you know, the whole Brock Purdy notion I got to laugh out of, uh, especially since you got back to reality. Lamar Jackson is definitely living up to expectations after getting his own contract and being, you know, the best agent around by doing it by himself. Now, Miami comes on the road, comes up to Baltimore this weekend. They, they're coming off a very impressive victory over the Cowboys. What was it that you liked on what Miami did outside of obviously getting a win on Sunday against Dallas? Well, they got after him. There's no question about it uh, defensively. That, that was the key. But they didn't really close the deal well enough offensively, I thought, in the game. They left a lot of points out on the field. Uh, it took a lot of field goals to win that game. And in this game in particular, they're going to have to cash in in the red zone and stay on the field on third down, especially uh, in Ravens territory. I think this is a game that really is strength against strength. You have the best offense in pre-snap motion in Miami. They run pre-snap motion almost 80% of the time, which is number one in the league, even more than the Niners. Versus the best defense, Baltimore, in post-snap disguise. So this is the chess match. Mike McDaniel versus Mike McDonald. And to me, that's where this game will be won or lost, is the ability of Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen, their two sideline-to-sideline all-world linebackers, and how they play with Kyle Hamilton, and the creativity of Mike McDonald post-snap in the confusion that they create in their zone defense to Miami because they're going to have to figure out a way to cover Tyreek Hill in that zone matchup. 
there's a lot of pre-snap confusion. They use a lot of Tyreek Hill in motion to get him going so that you can't match up against him. To me, that's the number one thing right now is how are you going to cover Tyreek Hill in your predominantly zone defense of the Baltimore Ravens? Talking with Sal Palantonio, ESPN NFL reporter, co-host of the NFL Matchup Show as well. Here on Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Gabe Knight, so along with Mike Wells as we fill in today. And Sal is also going to be on the call of Ravens, Dolphins, and Baltimore on Sunday right here on ESPN Radio. With the Dolphins, especially with that offense, speed is such an important thing, Sal. So how much concern is around the team right now with the fact that both Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are a little banged up? I think there's some concern about Waddle, for sure. I think Tyreek Hill rested the ankle yesterday, and he's expected to play. But, you know, we'll have to see uh, with Waddle. I mean, but, you know, the game is going to be one or lost with Hill. Uh, for the Miami Dolphins and for the for the Ravens, the game is going to be won or lost with their MVP, Lamar Jackson, as a runner and as a passer. And it, to me, Lamar Jackson is the second most difficult offensive player behind Hill to account for because of his ability as a dual threat. His ability to throw on the run accurately now, I think, has become next level. He's completing well over 80% of his passes on the run. Very accurate, moving out of the pocket and delivering the football. When he gets out of the pocket, now you have to account for him as a runner. You've got to put a hat on him, and that opens things up for everybody on offense. And so to me is, you know, how are you accounting for Lamar Jackson? That's going to be the tough thing for the Dolphins if you want to flip the script a little bit. So the Baltimore Ravens are the hottest team in the NFL, five-game winning streak. Yes. Uh, who is the scariest team in your eyes in the AFC come playoff time? Scariest. Well, you know, uh, if you want to take the Dolphins and the Ravens out of the equation because I think they're both super scary, I would have to say the Cleveland Browns. I say the Cleveland Browns because Joe Flacco's now got the hot gun hand. Uh, you know, he's got the most passing yards of any quarterback. Here you go. Underline italics in caps. Most passing yards of any quarterback in the NFL in the last five weeks. Mm. And the way Jim Schwartz is running that defense right now, uh, they are really difficult to score on, uh, giving up only 13 points a game in the last five weeks since Flacco became a starter. So I think they are scary. I think those one of those teams where, you know, you just don't want to play that defense with Flacco scoring as much as he is. The thing about Flacco, Brother Wells, and you know this, is he gets the ball downfield so effortlessly. You know, they the Cleveland Browns offense has been transformed from a dink and dunk offense to a ball that's to a, to a football that's going 20 and 30 yards downfield because Flacco's got such a cannon of an arm, and he's so accurate with his deep ball. So Brown's scary to me right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, listen, he, he flicks it like it's nothing when, he, when he's throwing it down. Like it, <laughs> it, it was like he was in the backyard throwing the ball to Amari Cooper uh, against the Houston Texans last weekend. Yeah, and, you know, I've known Joe Flacco since he was in the sixth grade. My, my daughters grew up in a town next to his. He grew up in Audubon. My daughters, uh, we raised our children in Haddon Township, and they used to play 
They used to play the Thanksgiving homecoming game each year against against Audubon, and Joe Flacco showed up one time and started throwing the ball 70, 80 yards down the field when he was 14 years old. I've known him a long time. I've known the family forever, and I covered that Super Bowl run of the Ravens, and I remember how good and how hot he can get very, very quickly. Sal Palantonio, ESPN NFL reporter and co-host of NFL Matchup. Joining us here on Greeny, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Gabe Neitzel, Mike Wells in for Greeny today. Flipping over to the NFC and a team that maybe isn't scary right now because they've been struggling. What's wrong with the Eagles right now? Well, <clears throat> there's two things wrong with them. On offense, they struggle on first and second down. On defense, they struggle on third down. Let's take the defense first. The number one reason that they're struggling on on third down on defense is because their sack rate is gone. They were number one in sacks, number one in pressure on the quarterback on third down in the NFL last year, and this year they're last in the league. So they're just not getting the pressure on third down. And the, the reason is simple. They're not blitzing on third down as much because they just don't trust their secondary They've had a lot of injuries in the secondary. They're not very fast in the secondary. They're only blitzing the quarterback 20% of the time. And Matt Patricia, the first game he took over as the defensive coordinator in Seattle, only blitzed Drew Locke 8% of the time and did not blitz him on that final 92-yard touchdown drive. So they're afraid to blitz. They don't trust their secondary. They're not getting after the quarterback. On, on offense – the number one problem that I see in studying the film and looking at the numbers is that they don't do on first and second down what they're great at, which is running the football. So they're top five in the NFL in running the football on first and second down. But they do it only in the top 25. So they don't do it very much. They're down in the bottom five of the NFL in terms of how frequently they run it on first and second down, but they're very good at it. And I think they need to flip the script on their offense and get into a lot of manageable third-down situations because they wind up chasing yards and points on third down, and then they get them, then they get themselves into a turnover situation. So their success rate when they run it on early downs is ranked fourth in the NFL right now, but they're not doing it enough. And I think if they flip the script, they'll be a much more effective offense. They got time to fix it. They really do. I mean, they're a double-digit favorite against the Cardinals, but I'm telling you, that last game against the Giants and Tyrod Taylor, that thing is going to be a, that's going to be a tough game up there at the Meadowlands. The Giants... You know, Giants did not roll over last on, on Monday, and the Giants are going to be a tough out. They really are. So you covered uh, Sean Payton for a long time in, in this league, uh, going back to his days with the New Orleans Saints. Would you make of uh, the Broncos' decision to decide to um, bench Russell Wilson for the final two weeks of the season? All right. Here, here's my question, Brother Wells. What's next? <laughs> yeah, right. trust me. and That's what we all want to okay. know. Yeah, what's next? What, what's next? Not for Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is going to make you know tens of millions of dollars, and he's going to go somewhere, and he's going to be a starting quarterback with some team. 
But the Broncos, that's a prideful franchise in a city that loves football. And they are irrelevant right now. And so I'm, my question to Sean Payton is, what's the plan? If you were there and you said, well, Nathaniel Hackett couldn't coach, you know, and we had a lot of pre-snap penalties, so you blamed it on the former head coach, and now you've used Russell Wilson as a fall guy for the fact that you didn't get what you needed to get done this year. All right, well, you sort of kind of run out of excuses, haven't you? Yeah. Already. Already. You you run out of excuses. Now it's on you. You came in and you couldn't fix the Russell Wilson situation and you decided to move on. So what's next for the Broncos? Who's the quarterback? Because a couple of weeks ago they were on the doorstep of making the playoffs. And then they lose a couple of games that they should have won. They lost to Houston and they lost to New England. And now they're starting over. So who's the – is it Jarrett – don't tell us it's Jarrett Steedham. No, no, they and that's him, not They give him 10 million bucks, though. Huh? Yeah, I mean, okay, if it's Steedham, then why has he been on the bench? Why hasn't he been playing? So that's the question for that. I mean, you don't – the Walton family's paying Sean Payton a lot of money. So – to fix a franchise that, you know, everybody thinks is supposed to be relevant in, in the, in the, in the mountain West. So now, now it's on Sean Payton to get it right. So what's next at quarterback for the Denver Broncos? I'd like to know the answer to that question. Yeah. I'm sure you're not the only one who wants the answer. I'm sure the entire Broncos fan base is patiently or maybe not so patiently awaiting for that answer as well. Sal, we certainly appreciate the time, appreciate the insight and look forward to hearing you coming up on Sunday with Steve Levy. As you guys have that call of the Ravens dolphins right here on ESPN radio with coverage beginning at noon Eastern. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate you thinking of me. Brother Wells, you have a beautiful 2024. You and your family. I'll talk to you soon. Uh, You too, brother Sal. Sal Palantonio, ESPN NFL reporter and co-host of NFL Matchup, joining us here on Greeny, which is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. We just wrapped up with Sal talking about Russell Wilson. So he was benched yesterday by the Broncos, and today one expert says his days in the NFL are over. We hear that coming up next on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space 
to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Russell Wilson entering week 16 is being benched. He's still guaranteed $39 million for next year. So they may move on from him physically, but they will be married to him financially. The way that Russell Wilson plays the game isn't this isn't the style that Sean Payton has been accustomed to playing. So I just felt like that marriage, that relationship was never going to last. The number one push behind this, and and it's a decision I'm making, is to you know get a spark offensively. That spark offensively also could mean the end of Russell Wilson in Denver. Most people kind of make connecting those dots, making that leap that even before the contract kicks in that they gave him two seasons ago, Russell Wilson's going to be done in Denver. It's Greeny, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Also listen to us on your smart speakers by saying play ESPN Radio. I'm Gabe Nights, along with Mike Wells as we fill in on Greeny today. And it's... <clears throat> The future of Russell Wilson is an interesting one because he was jettisoned off by the Seattle Seahawks. And now, likely, I mean, I can't imagine you find a trade partner because of the contract that's attached to Russell Wilson. So they're likely to cut him this offseason. Bart Scott, ESPN NFL analyst, was on Get Up this morning, and here's what he had to say about the future of Russell Wilson in the NFL. No, Russell Wilson, I think his pride is too big to, to, to sit up and go to the Joe Flacco route. I expect Russell Wilson pretty much to be on Dance with the Stars next year and start <laughs> Russ Inc. And I'm, I'm being serious. Like, do, you, do, we see, do we see a guy like Russell Wilson with his ego, the guy that drives around with a tuxedo in, 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 in the back of his trunk to grind it out and start over from scratch and compete, you know, without Look. a guarantee of a starting quarterback? So Bart Scott seems to think that this could be it for Russell Wilson. And the the opportunities for him, I think, are going to be very few and far between. It has to be a very specific team, Mike, I think, that would take on Russell Wilson at this point. And then the other part is, yeah, he's going to be getting a bunch of money still from his deal and, and all those sorts of things and the, the dead cap that the, the Broncos would presumably just take on. But what kind of money would he command? What Would he be looking for? You know, a, a starting quarterback salary of $40 million a year? Would his ego get in the way of that? There's, there are a lot of things, I think, that Bart Scott brings up there that are in play for the future of Russell Wilson in the NFL. Yeah, you know, when we were talking about, okay, Bart, Bart Scott didn't think Russell Wilson would play quarterback in the NFL anymore. I was like, what? 
as many as bad if, if Carson Wentz can find a way to get himself back into the league and go to the be a backup with the LA Rams, of course, a team's going to take a flyer on um, on Russell Wilson. But the reasoning behind what Russell, I mean, excuse me, what Bart said, all sound. Those are all logical reasons why Russell Wilson may not play quarterback in the NFL again. Reality is, he won't need. He doesn't need the money. He's got a great wife who yep. has her own money. They don't need money. He can't command, you know, starting quarterback money in the NFL anymore. He can't do it. In all honesty, what just happened yesterday afternoon should have humbled Russell Wilson to say, "Hey, I'm not all that. I'm not that same quarterback." who was one of the premier players at that position when I was with the Seattle Seahawks. He's got to have a gigantic scoop of humble pie and say, I need to prove myself. So while he doesn't need to play the game anymore, he should be motivated to prove that what happened in Denver, getting benched for the final two weeks of the season, is not who I really am. I still have plenty in the take, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to prove it to everybody that I still can play quarterback. If, he, if he's a competitor, he will take on that mindset and not just say, ah, you know what, skip it. I'm going to go home and be a great husband and chill with my kids, and we're going to have a great life in the retirement. I just keep wondering how much this is actually going to affect his legacy and how we think about and remember Russell Wilson when he's done playing, which, by the way, as Bart Scott pointed out, could be sooner than we think because who knows if he ends up playing in the league next year. Because this is a guy that you know, was was a divisive figure, at least in his own locker room, because the the Legion of Boom thought he was being coddled too much by his coach. And a lot of those guys thought that, you know, Pete Carroll wanted to make him the hero of the Super Bowl. That's why they threw the ball in that Super Bowl against the Patriots instead of just handing it off to Marshawn Lynch. Of course, he throws the interception that gives the Patriots that Super Bowl on the goal line. He's then traded by that same team, and that team goes to the playoffs the very next year. They're on the verge of potentially making the playoffs again this year without him with Geno Smith Smith. at quarterback. And Russell Wilson couldn't get that team to the postseason. And now it doesn't even last two years, almost two years, but it does not last the full two years for Russell Wilson in Denver. I feel that just makes his legacy and whatever he leaves behind as a player, it all just becomes very, very complicated. (laughs) Very, very complicated because – what he did in Seattle um, was very impressive. I mean, being a mid-round draft pick and showing that he could get to be a franchise player in Seattle, what he did was unbelievable. But the fact that Sean Payton—I mean, Sean Payton comes in, and you're—and I, I don't know about you, Gabe, but when Sean Payton got hired, I was like, all right, Sean Payton and Drew Brees were incredible, so he can get Russell Wilson back on track after what was a very disappointing first season with the Denver Broncos. I thought and- this was. I thought they were going to be a potential playoff team because that's what they thought they were when they traded for him two years ago and say, okay, Nathaniel Hackett, a lot of things went wrong, and you hear about the behind the scenes. He's got his own office, his own team, and all these different things. Okay, Sean Payton comes in, he nips that in the bud, and I guess they are still a potential playoff team, but they haven't looked, even when they've won games, they haven't looked the way I thought they would look with that quarterback and that head coach and the reputations they've previously had. Not one time this season, not one time have I looked at Russell Wilson and said, oh, my God, okay, Russ is looking like prime Seattle Russell Wilson again. I've yet to see that. I've yet I've yet to see that guy just dominate. And you, don't you remember when Russ would be able to elude so many rush, uh, pass rushers mm-hmm. and make something happen? 
you know, do things that we've seen out that we've watched out of Patrick Mahomes the last couple of years, where he he's scrambling and throwing dimes on the run, or tucking it and going and it's sliding. It's it, it just he's not the same. I don't know if it's that he's lost. He doesn't have the same passion or the same interest in being one of the best, and he's okay with like I'm just going to collect my paycheck and just be a quarterback and not the quarterback in the NFL. Maybe we just did the math wrong on his career. I mean, he, he was a little bit older when he came into the NFL because he was a graduate transfer when he ended up from NC State going to the University of Wisconsin. So he's not like a guy that came out as a junior or a redshirt sophomore or any of that. He, he played the full college career at a time. I mean, now you see that all the time, especially with the redshirt years and, and, and whatnot in, in college football. And you see a couple of those guys coming up in the draft this year. But maybe he was just somebody that could not lose even a half a step. That he was somebody, as he got older, his game was just not going to age that well. He's 35 years old now, and he doesn't have that athleticism that he did when he first came to the league, and he went to those Super Bowls you know, a decade ago at this point. That first Super Bowl coming in 2013, went to the second one in 2014 after those seasons. He doesn't have that athleticism anymore, and maybe we just thought that he would develop more into a pocket passer and be able to figure it out a little bit more, and he just wasn't. And that athleticism, by losing it, has really kind of dropped his game off, and a lot of those big explosive plays that we were used to seeing just aren't in there anymore because he's an older guy at this point. Yeah, that, and that, that's the case. Uh, you know, of course, uh, I'm sure people are like, ah, you know what, he's just happy to uh, enjoy himself, um, you know, and be be a, a, a great husband. But no, you, Russell Wilson is what he was. What he and that, yes, I'm going to put it in past past tense. He is what he was simply because he was such a great athlete, incredible athlete, which made up for his lack of height at the position. He, you know, he's a shorter quarterback, and so he just uses athleticism to make it happen. And hey, we, we all say father time catches up with everybody at some point, but it's usually later, 30, you know, late 30s, early 40s. For Russell Wilson, unfortunately, it's happened a lot sooner. Okay, so Bart Scott thinks that Russell Wilson is done. Are there any teams you can name, Mike, that you think maybe would take the flyer on him and and roll the dice on Russell Wilson next season? Man, I I, I think there's really only one team. I I, probably, I might have had said Tampa also, but I, what Baker Mayfield is doing in recent weeks, I think he's finally looking like you know uh, the Baker of when early in his career with Cleveland, and he's playing good football. I honestly think the only team I'm, I'm going to keep riding with is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just think um, it's going to take it's going to take a kumbaya session between head coach Mike Tomlin and also Russell Wilson and say, "Hey, Russ, we're, you're not going to be a prima donna in here. We are prideful in this organization. We are all about being down and dirty and doing whatever it takes to win as far as the work ethic goes. You're not going to come in and you know want to sit back and kind of." you know, distance yourself from the teammates. You're going to be a leader and we're gonna you do that and kinda and gravitate to everybody will get you back on track and, and let help you lead us to um hopefully a division title in the AFC North. Yeah, I, I just yeah, I'm looking around. I'm looking at every one of these teams right now. You know, AFC East, NFC East. Like not a lot of teams make sense. Pittsburgh I could make make sense. And the only other team that I would even imagine would take a, a flyer on him just because I think they would try to lie to themselves and convince themselves maybe they're a little bit closer than they actually think. And that's the Las Vegas Raiders. Like, the Raiders need to figure out their quarterback solution. They've got one of the best receivers in the NFL, and Devontae Adams, who's been unhappy at times this season. 
if they go, okay, the Jimmy G thing didn't work out, Aiden O'Connell, probably not it. What if we just sign Russell Wilson and try to make that work? Like, just trying to, you know, and then we could be a playoff team. I can see them trying to dive into that. But the list of teams that he would potentially go to, I think by just kind of taking a look at the list, very few and far between. No matter, Man. go ahead. No, I, I was going to say, listen, the Raiders got a good thing going right now with Antonio Pierce. Hopefully that interim tag's removed. Hopefully Mark Davis does not try to get greedy and, you know, A, say, you know what, Antonio, you've been great, but we're going to move on like they did a couple years ago. Uh, and at the quarterback spot, yes, great, but I, hopefully they're going to allow Antonio to handpick his guy if he becomes the head coach and not do things the Raiders' way, which we've seen way too often. The Raiders' way is a way to screw things up. No matter where you are, you can always listen to Greeny on the ESPN app or on SiriusXM Channel 80. It is Greeny. I'm Gabe Nides, along with Mike Wells as we fill in today. And we go from the future of that star quarterback to the NFL future of a star head coach. Because yesterday was Rose Bowl Media Day at Disneyland in California. Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh, of course. I mean, so much surrounding, so many things going on with him. And is he going to be suspended? What's going to be going on with the latest investigation into Michigan? What's going to happen to Jim Harbaugh? So some have thought maybe he's just going to jump right back into the NFL where he had success previously as the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. So Harbaugh yesterday was asked about those rumors, whether or not he'd be looking to return to the NFL this offseason. Such a one-track mind. That's our. Uh, that's the way we're going about things. It's um, literally whatever day we're in, looking to get the most out of it, dominate the day. Then we'll go to sleep tonight and wake up tomorrow and see if we can't dominate that day. Um, it's a single-minded group. And, uh, it's very focused on just taking care of business today and see if we can't do the same tomorrow. What a way to dodge the question. Man. What a way to dodge the question by Jim Harbaugh. Hey, are you interested about coaching the NFL? Oh, we're just taking it one day at a time. Man, I, this, this is the thing. I, I, Jim, Jim Harbaugh is an incredible football coach. I think he coaches his rear end off. But Jim Harbaugh at the same time, he drives me crazy, Gabe, because he always believes like he's the smartest person in the room, no matter what the subject is. Of course you knew those questions were going to come about. And where they probably had a media day potentially on the teacups or something at Disneyland. You knew, you, you, knew, you knew the questions were going to come up, and Harbaugh was prepared, and he probably stared, stared in a mirror in his bathroom at the hotel and said, this is what I'm going to say when they ask me about the NFL, and I'm going to say a lot without saying anything. And that's exactly what Jim Harbaugh did. He's a pro at that situation. He, he, I feel like he embraces – the yearly rumors of him jumping to the NFL. He really embraces it because it makes him feel even more validated and even more wanted. But that answer makes me feel like he's going to go. Like I've kind of had a thought of, okay, all these things at Michigan seem to be catching up to him, whether it's trying to cover up a recruiting violation from a COVID dead period to sign stealing and Connor Stallions and that whole thing that led to him being suspended from the sidelines in the final three games of the regular season for Michigan, it seems like all these things are catching up to him. And there could potentially be a bigger price to pay than him missing six games as he did this year at Michigan. 
So it makes sense to me that he'd be looking to make a jump, and there is definitely an owner out there that would be willing to give him a long-term lucrative deal to be the new head coach of their <coughs> franchise in the NFL. And by Chargers. saying, hey, 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 I'm, yeah, Chargers might be one of them, <laughs> off the top of your head, maybe. It, it, it just it makes way too much sense for him to do it, and then for him to be like, oh, we're just taking it one day at a time. Like, if you were committed to Michigan and committed to this program and committed to the recruits, because we know that, yes, right now, it is. it probably has to be a singular mindset because you have a, a college football semifinal coming up. But the nature of being a college football coach is you can't just have a one-track mind because you're constantly recruiting. You're constantly looking at players in high school that might want to come to your program. You're constantly looking now at players in the transfer portal. You have to deal with NIL. There are so many things that you have to do that you're not afforded a one-track, just narrow mindset in college football. So to answer the question that way makes me believe that he knows what he's doing and what he's doing is probably leaving the University of Michigan after the playoffs are over in college football. I, I got to tell you, and it goes back to Harbaugh believing he's the smartest person in the room. Whatever team that is going to pursue Jim Harbaugh as a head football coach, you probably should expect Harbaugh trying to say he wants to have final say on personnel decisions. He wants to be, you know, the guy to put teams together. And it's not very often the teams – that, that that people who are in that role have a lot of success. Of course, you know, Bill Belichick, he, he definitely knows how to do it, even though life has been different without Tom Brady. But you got to wonder if, if Harbaugh's ego can say, hey, we'll give you the head coaching role, but we're going to still have our general manager is going to have a final say on everything. Can Harbaugh handle that? Right now, in Michigan, the state of Michigan, any Wolverine fan, Harbaugh can do whatever the heck he wants and get away with it. He missed half – of the games that are undefeated season, and he's still sitting at the top, the top of the mountain, and looking down at everybody laughing, saying, "Ha ha, I got to win the six games, but we're still the number one overall seed in the college football playoffs." So it's going to be one of those things: can can Harbaugh handle potentially not having complete control of the franchise, or can he just, or does he want to still be the king? I think based off his answer, and which I've changed my mind because earlier in the week on the show, I said I thought Harbaugh would stay. Based off his answer, you guys say, "All right, he's really going to think hard." and long about the potential jumping to the NFL. Well, you mentioned the Chargers, who once upon a time were in San Diego, and once upon a time Jim Harbaugh played for the San Diego Chargers. He coached at the University of San Diego. He's got a connection to that franchise. And again, it's just saying that one answer isn't going to get the media off your back, especially at a media day for a college football playoff national semifinal. So Harbaugh yesterday, his presser at Disneyland, was specifically asked about that Chargers opening. Yeah, it's just a very one-track mind about this game. Uh, right now, just have, have fun with the family and the, and, the, and the team and the players. It's like we're at the happiest place on earth, <laughs> uh, and we're gonna have, we're gonna enjoy ourselves and then and then uh, get back to business. You know, see if we can't dominate the day. Got some some good meetings tonight, and, and we wake up tomorrow and and uh, and practice. See if we can't dominate that day. I mean, this is a this is like straight out of the Jackie Harbaugh playbook. You know, one day at a time, one play at a time, and uh, that's how we're approaching each day. He is just trying to four corners that press conference, isn't he? Just trying to stall and waste time and try to say the same thing over and over again. And yet he's kind of get lo- get, he's getting lost in his own answer. Like, wait, what did I just say? And he's like stumbling his way through his, oh, we're just taking this one day at a time. We're going to dominate the day. Yeah, that's what he's doing. Hey, 
I commend him for it. I, he, you you know you know he's chilling in you know he's relaxing or walking around Disney with his family like ha ha hey honey you see how I got the media on this one I I just see hard about that guy like he he gets excited knowing that he is basically dangling the carrot and teasing everybody by not answering everything if I were covering Michigan. I would hate it. I would despise it, Gabe, because he's not giving us what we want. He's not giving us a definitive answer one way or another. So instead of us talking about Harbaugh facing Nick Saban in Alabama, as things continue in the NFL season, you're going to continue to ask him questions. And honestly, it kind of like kind of takes allows the sign stealing to take a little back seat too. Yeah, it really does. Uh, have, Certainly a game I think a lot of people are looking forward to, the college football playoffs coming up on New Year's Day. Of course, you can listen to a lot of those games, a lot of bowl games right here on ESPN Radio. But coming up next, here on Greeny, how did one NFL wide receiver get pranked into thinking he was being texted by a former NFL MVP? That's next here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. It is Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Series XM, Channel 80. You can always listen to us as well on your smart speaker. All you have to do is say play ESPN Radio. Join the conversation on the Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. I'm Gabe Knights along with Mike Wells. As we fill in on Greeny today, the NFL just seems to be copying 
pages out of the NBA playbook, Mike, because it seems like the NBA is always at its best when there's some sort of drama going on. And the NFL certainly has that as well, uh, because Debo Samuel, who was on the Up and Adams on FanUel TV, the Up and Adams show, um, he had a lot of things to say, and he was trying to defend his quarterback, Brock Purdy, from criticisms coming from Cam Newton and Micah Parsons. First of all, Cam Newton stopped texting my phone, bro. He was a fan like two weeks ago. Like, that's mad crazy. Like, you wanted me on your podcast after talking about my quarterback, which is funny to me. But anyway, uh, back to this Michael Parsons story. Like, bro, we beat you 24, I mean, 42 to like whatever the score may be. Like, like a long time ago, like, I don't, I don't get why he's so bothered about what we got going on over here, whatever the case may be. And I don't understand, like, you saying, like, you can be a quarterback in this offense, like, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand what you where you're going with that. Uh, so I understand him going after Micah Parsons and bringing up the score of the game they played earlier this season makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh, here's the problem, though, Mike, with the, uh, the the criticism he thought he was getting from Cam Newton. Uh, so he he was getting texts to his phone, whom he thought the texts were coming from Cam Newton. You know, he had gotten some texts. He had asked, "Who is this?" And the person had said Cam Newton, and he just took that at face value. Turns out Cam Newton was not the one texting Debo Samuel. (laughs) He got, I guess this is some version of catfishing. There was somebody at South Carolina who had uh, his phone number, who had Debo Samuel's phone number and decided to text Debo pretending to be Cam Newton. In the category of things you cannot make up, this is sitting here near near the top. I mean, the person who did this—that's funny as hell. I'm sorry. Well, well, but they, they also got some details right because apparently, when Cam Newton texts people, there's a certain font on the phone that he uses, and I was not aware of that. Whoever this person is was apparently aware of that and decided to send the texts using the font that typically is used by one Cam Newton. They 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 did some thorough research. On how to a uh, how to attack Debo Samuel as if they're Cam Newton, so this that makes it even better. It's not like it was a bootleg operation where they just thought they can throw it out there and and, and Samuel would just fall for it. No, they went through the whole process of setting it up. All right, this is what Cam does. This is how Cam operates, and this is what he does when he sends his text messages. So I commend them on it. I'll tell you this, Debo Samuel. There's an app called Reverse Lookup where you can plug in the phone number and see who owns that phone. You might want to add it to add it to your uh, download that app and put it on your phone so you don't get, as my man Gabe said, kind of a junior version of being catfished by somebody and having you hot going using time on your podcast saying, "Hey, you was just with us a couple weeks ago. Stop bad mouthing my quarterback," even though they have every right to bad mouth Brock Purdy after the way he played against the uh, Baltimore Ravens on national TV on Christmas night. Wait, well, I mean, look, okay, does Brock Purdy deserve that criticism? Yeah, he threw four picks. But, like, are you anti-Brock Purdy? Do you think that he's the, the system quarterback that uh, Debo Samuel is saying everybody else is trying to tell him that his quarterback is? Well, what, what, what I think, I don't, I don't, I don't buy the, man, the notion of – I think game manager is probably not the way to do it. But I will say I think Brock Purdy is a product of Kyle Shanahan's, Kyle Shanahan's system in San Francisco. 
I believe. And so everybody talking about, hey, Brock Purdy should be one of the leaders of the MVP race. No, I never thought that. Christian McCaffrey is way more important to San Francisco than where Brock Purdy is. And for him to go out, listen, everybody has a bad game. Everybody has yep. a bad game. Three interceptions in the first half, another interception in the in the, um, in the third quarter, four picks by a Ravens defense that made life miserable for Brock Purdy really showed that, okay, you know, Brock Purdy is not that guy. He is not that guy. He's good. He's taking advantage of how the system is. I just believe in Kyle Shanahan's system, the quarterback has to be able to make a play in the fourth quarter. you got to lead him back. We saw how it was for Jimmy Garoppolo against Kansas City in the Super Bowl a few years ago. Fourth quarter came. Jimmy G basically went ahead and put the pacifier in and couldn't buck up in the fourth quarter while Patrick Mahomes took off. He's Mike Wells. I'm Gabe Knight. So it's Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. I'll push back on this, though, because the Kyle Shanahan offense has existed for a while now in San Francisco, and they they got to a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, and the reason why I think Kyle Shanahan was so eager to move on from Jimmy G despite going to a Super Bowl back in 2019 with him is because when push came to shove, he couldn't make those plays in the fourth quarter. Jimmy G wasn't the guy that was going to be able to push the ball down the field, and Brock Purdy is. like Brock Purdy can make those throws. It's part of the reason why they were so okay with moving on from Trey Lance, who they gave up three first-round picks to acquire, is because this guy... I think he's more than just a system quarterback. Do I think Kyle Shanahan makes life easier for you? Yes, I do. Do I think that Sean McVay makes life easier for you? Yeah, but at the same time, you still need that quarterback that can make plays for you. You need still need that quarterback that can step up with the chips on the table, and that's why Sean McVay was able to win a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford rather than Jared Goff. It's why I think the San Francisco 49ers can win a Super Bowl this year with Brock Purdy, and they could not with Jimmy G or Trey Lance. Like uh, Purdy, I'm with you. Like you can't throw four picks and be in the MVP discussion. And I, I'm with you that that Christian McCaffrey is more important probably to that team. But I, at the same time, like Brock Purdy is more than just a game manager. He is making plays within this offense. <sighs> well, you know what? I'm a beg and plead to have another show with you. Come postseason, I'm a beg, I'm a beg and plead. I'm, I listen. I, I, I love the story of Brock Purdy. I mean, Mr. Relevant to being a starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. I'm just not convinced that he's going to be able to the guy that's going to lead them. I mean, the 49ers may get to the Super Bowl, but it may not. It, I don't believe. I don't think it's going to be because of Brock. Yeah, it's well. Good news is you don't have to beg and plead to do another show with me because we're just going to keep doing this. We're going to change the name of the show, but it's still going to be me and Mike next on Carlin versus Joe here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to Greeny the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at ten Eastern on ESPN Radio, or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.